Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Love Selling Hate Sales. Sellers, for those of you, especially those of you that are selling in the enterprise, today we're going to talk about how to build a business case when working in sales. Now, listen, oftentimes and too often I'm seeing that sellers are relying on a value engineering or a value consulting team to build the business case for their deals. It's a huge missed opportunity for you as a seller to not build and build rapport building a business case out with your buyers and stakeholder groups. Why do I say that? Well, one, I've seen so time and time again that when you're working in, in, a, in a deal cycle and you need to go to your value consulting, your value engineering group to build out a business case, well, they only want to work on the biggest of the big deals. They want to work on the big, sexy logos, the million dollar deals, whatever it may be. In the meantime, there are plenty of six figure plus deals out there that are going to get tremendous value out of building a business case. You should be able to build your own business case for your deal. It doesn't need to be some ridiculously out of off the scale financial model. There are some simple things that you can do to build your own business case. And why should you do it yourself? Well, one, you wanna separate yourself from all the other salespeople out there. It's sales, as I've said many times on the show, is a trust game. So by helping your stakeholders, and oftentimes your stakeholders as deals get bigger, has a bigger and bigger buying committee. You wanna be able to create a rallying cry for your deals, something that every member across the buying committee can focus on, rally around, and really get behind in order to get some momentum behind your deal. If you're the one that are working across that buying committee to build out the business case, then you are that trusted advisor. You are that person. You've now become more than a salesperson. You've become someone that's really helping to drive the business forward. So I've created a simple five-step process for how to build a business case in your deals. The first is to collect the inputs. Now, the inputs are incredibly important to your business case because whatever you're doing, you need to set some sort of baseline. You need to establish either a current performance baseline for whatever it is they're doing and whatever your solution is trying to solve for, or you need to set a baseline for what things cost if your business case is around cost cutting. Both are very simple and easy to do, but I typically focus on growth or business case that's focused on a lift in some manner. Now, the inputs are super, super important because I've seen this happen time and time again, where you go into your executive stakeholder meeting with your business case in hand, you pull up your slide, and the first thing they do is they go to the baseline and they say, where did these numbers come from? And you might say something, well, I gathered them from your team or I did this or I did that. And if those numbers are grossly, a gross misrepresentation of their business, it's going to derail the whole meeting. So gathering and collecting inputs is a very important part of the process. And you have to figure out what it is that you're trying to build a business case around. And oftentimes it's what your solution can solve for. So what I like to start with is a simple demand gen waterfall. I start there because the serious decisions demands in waterfall is a is a generally accepted practice among B2B sales and marketing organizations. And what that waterfall looks like is what number of inquiries are you generating? Two is how many of those inquiries turn into marketing qualified leads or MQLs? How many of those are accepted by the sales team? 
how many of those are qualified by the sales team and then how many of them are closed one. And as you'll see, that's a simple funnel that you can have conversion metrics throughout. Now, every business doesn't adopt the serious decisions funnel, but part of your process as you're collecting inputs is understanding what their funnel looks like, what are the definitions, what are the terms, how do they convert, and what are the different levers or points throughout that funnel and conversion process that are missing, where there are gaps. So you're really doing some detective work in your initial discovery to gather inputs and, inputs and understand what that funnel looks like so you can start to create the baseline for your business case. So that's step one is collecting the inputs and making sure that they are very, very solid and sound because if they're not, it'll come back to bite you later in the sales process. So step two is really identifying the key levers that your solution can help lift across that conversion or across that funnel. Now, depending on what it is you're selling, you may solve for one of the points. You may solve for two of the points. You may solve for all of the points. And what you wanna do is understand how the application of your solution will help drive a conversion lift from one stage to the next, all right? So let's take the example using the serious decisions waterfall of the conversion from marketing qualified lead to sales accepted lead. Let's say that that conversion rate is really low and you have a solution that really can drive into why that's low, improving that rate, which will eventually approve the bottom line through their convert or the top line through their conversion funnel. So as you start to build out your model, you're going to show the baseline. You're going to show the baseline now with a bump in lift in that MQL to SAL bucket, how you help with that lift and that lift should show an overall revenue lift at the end of the day, right? There's a couple of different ways you can show that bump, right? The one is using industry established benchmarks and comparing them side by side. Those benchmarks can be gathered from someone like Serious Decisions, Gartner, um, Forrester. There are a number of different analyst firms that have those industry established benchmarks. Now, if your customer or prospect is performing above those benchmarks, then that's not really going to help you. But if they're performing below them, you can show how your solution helps to get people closer to those industry standard benchmarks. Another way to do it, and this is one that I really like a lot, is the power of 1%. You can show the lift at a 1%, and most people truly believe that they can be 1% better, and it's not too much of a stretch for you to help them buy into the power of 1% lift showing this incremental revenue lift. Then you can compare that side by side with the art of the possible. So the power of 1% plus the art of the possible is, well, what if it was 10%? 20%, 30%, what's actually possible? And you can show that side-by-side -side comparison. But I mean, even if we do 1%, it's a no-brainer, assuming that it is, right? So those are two different ways you can do that. It's the industry standard benchmarks, or you can do the power of 1% plus the art of the possible. I like both of those as a part, as options as you're building out your business case. The third is you need to show the lift. And this is a pretty simple thing, right? So in that one lever or multiple levers, you can show individual lift by area. So if it's inquiry to MQL or if it's SQL to close one, and those are the two different things you're doing, show the lift by the individual lever that you're pulling and then have an aggregate. If you do one of them, what does it look like? If you do both of them, what does it look like? And have that delta between their current baseline 
and what the revenue lift is from your solution being applied to their funnel. It's super simple, but it's something that you want to highlight in your business case because executives, especially executives, they love to see revenue lift. They love to see what's possible. So making sure that you really showcase and highlight what that list looks like as a part of your model is super important. Sometimes it's enough to stop at step three, but I really don't like to, and this is where it comes into step four, especially if you are a selling software and there are costs, obviously, no matter what you're selling, there are costs associated with your solution, but as deals get bigger, they get more complex and there are more inputs that go into it. So as you've outlined the art of the possible, how do we build an ROI model? So I like to say, okay, it's not fair to assume that they're going to see a hundred percent of the value value of your solution in day one. So if you look at your lift number, let's look at that lift over the course of a year. And then we can build a model saying, well, in year one, we're going to see 25% adoption of that adoption of that lift year two, 50%. And let's say year three is a hundred percent, right? So you can start to, you can take your original number, your lift number, say it's a hundred thousand dollars. And then in year one, they're going to realize 25% of that. So $25,000 year two, 50% of that $50,000 by year three, they're going to see the full potential hundred thousand dollars. You can map that year over year against your expenses. So the cost of your software, say there's implementation costs, say there are ongoing maintenance or recurring services that get attached to it. You can put that in the next section of your business case, and then you can create the Delta to show year over year ROI, and it should get better over time. Hopefully there is a positive ROI in every single year of your model, but it's possible that there's not. So if you're looking to sign two and three year deals, this can be one of those drivers to get people on board and moving faster. So there's a couple of examples of these I'm going to put in the show notes that I'm going to link to um, the model I use showing your baseline, your, your, your marketing funnel and how that um, shows lift. I'll put an example sheet of that into the show notes here. And then also I'll show an example ROI calculator, a calculation sheet you can put in as well. Those are super valuable tools you can use as you build your build your business case. And then step five is the presentation. Oftentimes these things are great tools on their own, but the business case can get a little bit overwhelming to look at. So if you go into a pitch or a presentation with your executive audience, you want to have that executive summary and that presentation really tight and clear. And the format I like to use for that is really simple. Exec summary and appendix. And what I mean by that is the exec summary might be the only thing the CEO or the board ever sees, and it needs to be really tight and clear. And some of the things that you want to highlight, one is what is the ask? We are, you know, present the terms of the deal very clearly up front. It's a hundred thousand dollar investment over three years, and we're expecting to impact growth in these two areas, right? The impact represents this much lift in revenue, pull that from your business model, and this much ROI over three years, pull that from your business model. And then sometimes I like to build in a cost of delay or things like that. And I put an example of that into the show notes as well that you can link to and look at. But having that presentation super tight for the executive audience, two to maybe three slides for that group is very important. And then your appendix is basically all the supporting material. It's the fully fleshed out business case. It's the 
terms of maybe your statement of work or the features and product features that you're selling from your software solution, all of that stuff goes in the appendix because that's just going to get what you're going to use to get signed off by either your business users day to day, your procurement team, your legal team, all of those types of things. So a quick recap of how you want the steps, the five steps you want to take to build your business case for your deal. Step one, focus on collecting the inputs. The inputs and the baseline need to be really, really tight. Step two, identify the key levers within their funnel that your solution can provide a lift around. Step three, make sure you identify and show the lift very clearly in your model. Step four, turn that lift model into an ROI model. Package in the cost of your solution, the cost of implementing your solution, and any maintenance costs that go in over time, and model that out over a maturity or adoption life cycle over a two to three year time period, even four if you need to. And then step five, create a great, compelling executive summary. This is going to help drive your deal faster and have that one easy rallying point to drive behind. As a reminder, you're going to see examples of all of these things in the show notes that you can link to. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn or lovesellinghatesales.com. You can find a contact form and you can reach out to me to talk to me there. I hope this is helpful. Sellers, you should be building your own business case for your complex deals. You do not need a value engineering or value consulting team. You can do it yourself. You want to talk more about this, hit me up anytime. Please leave me a review on your podcast platform. It helps expand the reach.